nice to meet you. We're all glad you came. Won't you try and remember our name? Hello, Sharks fans, and welcome to Blood, Sweat, and Teal, a Fear the Fin podcast. I'm C. I'm confused. Uh, understandably, what are the Los Angeles Kings doing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that just piled on the confusion uh, of the Sharks' woes, but sure, why not have build a terrible roster and be like, John Stevens, <laughs> out the door? I think it's just, that tends to be kind of the natural progression of thinking. I think the first thought is when you're losing that that much (laughs) and that badly uh the first thing to go is the coach like that's always kind of the first line but like anyone with eyes is trying to diagnose the king's problems it's not the coach it's the the oh that roster is terrible (laughs) they have the, the, the worst part about that roster too is that not only is it an aging core that aging core is locked up for eternity people people think the sharks roster is aging boy that king's roster is geriatric yeah no the kings are legitimately what everyone has been saying the sharks are because the sharks managed in the offseason especially but over the last couple years really to get significantly younger and the kings just keep adding old guys (laughs) yeah they they don't they can't stop they traded for Dion Phaneuf they they signed uh Kovalchuk Kopitar Brown uh even Doughty's up near 30 now Uh, Martinez is over 30 Quick is I think is 30 now so it's like these guys are all on long contracts too like nobody somebody tweeted out that next year's unrestricted free agents are like Oscar Fantenberg and one other guy that's not good. And like, yeah, they've added in a couple young guys that are good. Uh, Alex Iafalo is the first one to really come to mind. Tanner Pearson. Oh yeah, obviously Tanner Pearson and um, Tyler Toff. Foley. Yeah, Tyler to- Toffee. <laughs> but that that's that's about it. I mean, like they also let a lot of young guys go, and I, I don't know what their farm system looks like, but I feel they like have it's- uh, Gabriel Villardi. Who? Uh, he hurt his back, but he's uh, he went like eighth or whatever they were last or fifteenth, whatever they picked last year. He's pretty good, uh, but I don't really think there's anything beyond that. Yeah, like the only other Kings prospect I actually know by name is Jarrett Anderson Dolan, and it's not because he's like super great at hockey. I know it because he has two moms, <laughs> and I I love that. It's not what? it's not good. No, and you know that's probably also part of that is the same problem that the sharks had where they were doing well for quite a while they made playoffs every year and you don't get good draft picks out of that but you you can also make something of those draft picks that you get and and you supplement that with good scouting i mean that's what the sharks have done (laughs) that's how they got donskoy suamela you know some of these young guys that have been you know pleasant surprises have been the result of good scouting so like you just have to you have to find ways to get those young players and they're just like yeah well let's give Kolvachuk a three-year contract because why not <laughs> yeah and yeah yeah that's that's the thing too is that you have to know when to you gotta know when to hold them or when to unfold them and they they, they are holding everything they haven't folded anything like the Absolutely. the quick contract was 10 years or whatever the stupid it was um Doughty's now in an eight-year Kopitar's locked up like Kopitar and Doughty sure like I get that but like Brown Phaneuf uh these guys Carter's got a bad ankle now it's just it's not 
looking good for a team that was trending down for the last what four years three years yeah uh, i think and, when we say like that dowdy is old we do have to remember that dowdy is like the same age as couture and while couture seems you know a little bit younger i think that's just because he he's not one of like i, I don't know how to describe it i guess but like like He's surrounded by a lot of younger guys <laughs> all the time, it feels like. and Yeah, also, he's not playing 25 minutes a night, right? That, too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's a huge factor. When you've got a defenseman, they're going to, I mean, just kind of age faster <laughs> in that yeah. way. Their bodies are not going to be able to handle it in the same way. So, I mean, same with goalies, too. you got Jonathan Quick in that same kind of boat where his body is clearly not not doing too hot right now. <laughs> no, his diaper is full. Uh-huh. That's going to be a fun little uh, lockout buyout. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, the, sa- the, the CBA savior is coming down the pipe again soon. So I, if, if we are saying right now, save the lockouts in two years or whatever it is who do you think are the three compliance bios for the kings uh so quick i think just they oh. have to get out from under that contract like they just have to <laughs> he, he is beloved though in la yeah but how old is he gonna be by the end of that i don't know off the top of my head uh, but... 30s something yeah like if they continue down this path, which the Kings, I mean, they're holding on to 2012. That was their last. No. When was their last uh, cup? 14. Was it 14? Okay. I don't care. It's the Kings. It, it, <laughs> it's recent enough that like, you know, everyone still has, has fond memories of that. But at the same time, it's been long enough that like, you can't hold on to that that roster you know you just you can't you have to they're, you have to find ways to guys. stay com- yeah you have to find ways to stay competitive without becoming fossils and yeah. they, they they haven't really done that and i think that falls on rob blake but rob blake's not going to fire himself right so, so if we're looking John at Steven you know Steeler. the if there's a lockout and you know whatever i i think at that point they've got to let go of those roster guys so like the guys from that championship roster or whatever so yeah i think quick is up there i think doughty is safe i think doughty is safe as well and i think that kopitar is safe then everybody else is fair game like i can see jeff carter getting bought out uh, dustin brown dustin brown i don't really know how long their contracts are but yeah i would have to look at that for sure to, to actually make an analysis but i think yeah if we're looking at who's safe of those big big name guys it's probably just like Maybe Doughty. <laughs> yeah, Doughty and Kopitar. Kopitar. <laughs> yeah. Good uh, times in LA. Oh, absolutely. Um, there's a quote actually from Blake since you brought him up, but he said, We're evaluating these players just as much as we were the staff. What? So, <laughs> so, like he's saying that they're looking at the roster and and granted right now at this point in the season are they going to find a lot of people who are like yeah give us these guys who can't win a game uh probably not (laughs) like understandable that you can't do a whole lot with the roster right now but you know i'd imagine they'd have some some guys in their system they can maybe try working in something which they've had to do i feel like because is brown still injured like no he's back oh first is he line back? first line oh, winger Jesus. dustin brown Ugh, good lord so like i just don't know what's happening 
there. Well, but... the the best part about that quote is that he's now analyzing the roster, the roster that he put together. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing is like he built the roster. <laughs> so yeah, you've got your holdovers from uh, Lombardi or whatever. Um, yeah, but like you put all these other random dudes in there, and you're signing guys to long contracts. So exactly, good on you, Robert. Yeah, he. That's it's one of those things where you're you're diagnosing the wrong thing. <laughs> self-diagnosis i'm doing all right <laughs> he gets up in the morning goes over to ramirez like bob you're all right gives himself a thumbs up and heads out to work it's uh like in house where you it's it's not lupus this time it might be lupus <laughs> uh, yeah. it's never lupus well it's it never you be. until it is you and you're yeah. <laughs> exactly i don't think john stevens was high on the list of first coach to be fired like if you looked at the no. odds mcclellan was right at the top um yo quenville yo uh these guys were all kind of randy carlisle these guys were all kind of lurking around uh yeah. i think stevens was a little bit down low i'm sorry the uh, bob bugner hasn't been fired yet really yeah florida's last yeah <laughs> they're, well... they're dead last <laughs> they They've had some injury issues and stuff, though, right? I mean, like, they, well, Luongo was injured. and But they have James Reimer. Yeah, well. I'm just surprised that they haven't tried to write that shit because they have a lot of talent. And they're right. just bad. And same with Blashill. Blashill, I'm surprised, is still there. Well, didn't they? Okay, so they've won three, Florida has. Actually, they've. Good for yeah, that. They've won three. Wasn't that, like, right to start their season? Let me look here. Real yes. Quick. Yeah, it was pretty. Well, they had. Yeah, they had their three wins pretty early in the season. So I think that, um, Jesus, this is quite a losing. They're they're terrible. They had a rough, rough month. Oh, oh, that's sad. Oh, they won twice in all of October. (laughs) Um, (laughs) God, oh, that's so sad. Yeah, Florida is way worse than people remember. Yeah, well, okay, so what I was actually looking at with those wins was their preseason. They were really good in the preseason. Oh, yeah. Comparatively good, I guess, because they did still lose. But I think people thought that Florida was actually going to be a bit of a threat this year. Like, not like a... I did. Yeah, I mean, not like top necessarily of the Atlantic, but like somewhere, you know, competing maybe for a wild card spot and yeah yeah, that's rough oh boy you know you know you're doing something wrong when ottawa and detroit are ahead of you oh for sure which i mean including detroit in that conversation is really only a a, like the last two years kind of thing (laughs) but yeah definitely whoo that's bad i mean detroit is also very bad detroit's played three more games um they have one more point Florida. So, oh, they're so pathetic. Yeah. Uh, speaking speaking of pathetic, uh, how about how about those sharks lines? Yeah. Well, speaking of misdiagnosing things and and going for the wrong problem here, oh, I've got a lot to say on this. But let's. So let's, j- j- just a, you let, do I'll, I'll lay it out. I'll, I'll lay it out. Yeah. The D pair stayed with the janky. Dylan Carlson, Vlasic Braun, Burns Ryan. And they haven't changed. Um, they've changed in game towards the end when the Sharks have been down and they put back the proper pairs together. But that's a desperation move because they start the game the wrong way again. Then in uh, 
all of uh, Pete DeBoer's genius for the Flyers game, he decided that Anti Suomelo was going to be a healthy scratch um, for some reason. Uh, well, the reason that he said is that uh, it, it, this is the NHL, basically, and that in some other leagues, he's clearly talking about Liga, which is the Finnish league, uh, you don't have to, the compete level is not the same, and you don't have to compete on a day-in, day-out basis, and so he just needs to reset is what he said he, he and he'll reset um so basically saying that if you don't play in the nhl you're worthless yeah and that was his reasoning and then the sharks uh lined up with the rourke Sharchi at 3c and uh melker carlson barkley goodrow and who was else on uh, marcus Sorensen on the fourth line i just don't even have words for how like stupid of a move this is first of all to say that that suamel is not a consistent player is insane bizarre yeah like i i don't know what to to say to that i mean we've heard from from people who've talked to scouts and and just from watching the games and then also looking at the numbers this is one of those things where every single thing lines up that sumel has been one of the best players for the sharks game in game out where this he needs to find consistency thing is coming from i have no idea he makes that line, whole line like better. Jonas Donskoy is making a comeback because of Suomela. I mean, granted, Donskoy also was injured, you know, last year and yeah. the year prior. Donskoy's good to, on his own. Like, I mean, he, they're he, good it's, together. It's not that, but yeah, exactly. Like he he makes them like that line better. Better and and I don't understand. <laughs> like I just don't get it. Like where you can say that he's been inconsistent what about his game has been inconsistent because like there's nothing there's nothing at all i don't know what that is and and i said this on twitter and i i, st- I stand by it but like the thing is sumel is a better 3c than tyranny and he just is he is and De Boer still had this weird like boner for Tierney where like you know that if the two of them were still like are were both on this team that Suomelo would still get scratched over Tierney and that is insane to me like Melker Carlson is literally the worst forward on this team and he still played over Suomelo what is that I, I like I cannot understand the coaching decisions and fine okay the D pairs have been okay like it's it hasn't been world ending bad other than i mean i'll just say this that vlasic and braun is really severely in decline they're Uh, real bad this year yeah dylan and carlson has not been as bad as expected other than the first game that they were together was really really bad but carlson holds up Dylan, which is frustrating because you should just be able to let Carlson roam free. He shouldn't have to support his D partner uh, in the way that he does when he's paired with Dylan, but it's still not bad enough that like... Yeah, they're, they're perfectly the, fine. Yeah, the worst possible thing, although I still hate it. And I, and I still think that alone is a bath, baffling coaching decision but then to to scratch one of your best and most consistent players it's just mind-boggling i don't get it i i just don't understand where this like why is there an obsession with filling the tyranny sized hole in the lineup it was filled (laughs) sumo is perfectly fine you can find 
we we joked numerous times in the podcast and we've joked about it on the site a team of tyrannies they keep drafting tyrannies you can find a 3c or a 4c oh, not really 3c but you can find a 4c you can find a guy that you can plug in on the third line occasionally you can find those guys they're not hard to find they i guarantee you pete's gonna sign one or another team is gonna go out and get one like you like what's his name devon shore or whatever was a free agent for the longest time and uh nick shore yeah. Nick Shore, Nick Shore, and then uh, mm-hmm. JP Perr, uh, what are these stupid guys' names? Parento, basically wasn't in hockey, and these guys are all serviceable guys that you can put down in there. So I don't understand where this obsession with finding the Chris Tierney-sized hole is when you have Suomela and you literally press box the right. guy that is doing better than him. If it, your thing is that he's not scoring goals, that doesn't even really work anymore because he scored his first goal one game ago. Right. So, like... I don't get right, that he's, either. He's going up in terms yeah, he's, he's of that. Like he's up. <laughs> and, I mean, yeah. if you want to, if and I'm, I, I'm very sympathetic to the eye test cause. Uh, I understand both sides, and I, I like using the eye test too. And I get it. What has he done wrong from the eye test perspective? Right, exactly. He, well, he didn't and, look good against Nashville. Nobody looked good against Nashville. And to fill in that position then with Rourke Chartier, who, granted, has been very good. Like we're not. Yep. But Chartier has also been scratched. Like in favor of Gambrell or having Thornton in the lineup. Like you're going to put him in at three C when he's played nine of 14 games at four C. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Like your other options, not as good. Like there's, there's a clear yeah, disadvantage it, yeah. there. And it's not like there's a Suomela and then Suomela two in the press box. And you're trying to rotate them both in. You right. have Suomela who's a cut above and then, I really like Rourke Chargy, and I think he should be the 4C. That's great. Then you have Gambrell. These are all inferior options right, to exactly. Suomela. I don't really get how you can say the leading scorer of the Liga last year comes over to the NHL and isn't competing as hard. Right, That's just exactly. bullshit. That's just bullshit. Like if, it would have been so much better if all they would have said is that NHL is a grind. We play more games. It's a tougher travel schedule, and I just wanted to sit him out for a game, let him catch his breath. I would have been like, cool, man. Sounds like a plan. Right. But to say that he's not competing or that he needs to reset, like, and then to read about how a lot of players hit that 10-game swoon, they come hot out of the gates and then they hit a little swoon at 10 games or whatever, then just say that at the beginning, be like, we feel like after about 10, 11, 12, 13 games, we just want to let the guy catch the breath, and we've done it before. But instead, they come up with this bullshit narrative that there's fucking some compete level and i don't get it yeah. like it's dumb and especially like even if he was hitting a little bit of swoon he's good enough to just be in the lineup yeah well and the other like super super just i, I keep saying baffling but that's really what it is just thing that does not make sense about it is that like the day before or two days before he was talking about kevin lebank and referenced like if you look at the analytics a lot of what kevin lebank is doing is very good and and so yeah. <laughs> so like two days before <laughs> is looking at these advanced stats because that's what it is it's not just like you know you know basic level possession or whatever like that saying that kevin lebank's doing these good things like obviously he's looking into these advanced analytics and yet mm-hmm. <laughs> his compete level isn't there what <laughs> yeah how do, how, how do you how do you go from two days prior saying you can't. You got to look at the whole picture and dive deeper into the analytics correctly with LeBanc, and then just turn around and scratch Suomela, like you said. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. If anything, if anything, he should have scratched LeBanc and kept Suomela in, because if he would have been like LeBanc has struggled for four games, I would have been like, 
I don't agree, but I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. That's the problem is I think for both of us and a lot of people is we don't understand where the team and Pete DeBoer is coming from with scratching Suomela. Right. I just, I just don't get it. There's no reason. Just a quick um, little note here. So Suomela's played 13 games. He has one goal, three assists. Um, if we are just looking at raw numbers here, Marcus Sorensen. Raw, raw dog in the numbers? <laughs> raw, Marcus Sorensen. One goal, two assists. Uh, and those Joe, were all in the first, like, two games. Yeah, Joe Thornton doesn't count because he's been he's been gone. He's also uh, Joe Thornton. Yeah. Uh, Barkley Goudreau, one goal. Rourke Chartier, one goal. Melker Carlson, one assist. Do, do Evander Kane. Oh, Evander Kane's got four goals and six assists. But really, he, yeah, oh, he also is on a cold streak though. I'd have to look at that, like his split. Yeah, he hasn't he hasn't been good but for like six no, games. he's been rough. But yeah, like, why are none of those players like on the chopping block? And I was just looking at forwards too. That's not even like looking at how uh, how defensemen are doing points wise. Like, if you're just looking at points, okay, fine. Well, then have some level of consistency or some something that makes sense. And press press box the guy with one assist. Yeah, <laughs> Melker Carlson has played fourteen games and he has one assist. And you think that that is a more valuable player? I don't understand. I don't understand. And uh, shout out to uh, Cor- is it Snazger? 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 I don't know how to oh, say his I, last name. It's got a lot of letters in it. Uh, um, I could not tell you. I'm not looking is, at is, it, so I couldn't even attempt it. Yeah. Uh, what's his Twitter handle? Shutdown line. Shutdown line. Right. I, I didn't want to get that wrong. Um, so anyway, he he made the good point. Uh, we were talking on the old bird, and uh, he was like, "Some coaches just have their favorites that that stay in the lineup." And I I, I agree, and I think we can both say that Melker is clearly a Pete favorite, and. Part of the reason he becomes a favorite is because uh, he's deemed a Swiss army knife. Um, yeah. I don't know if anybody's ever used a Swiss army knife, but they're not really good at any of the functions, but they're there. Like I'm not, I'm not opening a bottle of wine with that corkscrew and I'm not using those scissors to cut through anything of substance. Um, so there's this weird illusion that Swiss army knives are good at things when they're usually just mediocre at a lot of things. And Melker gets this weird bump up to the first line and the second line and stuff like that. And he kills penalties and penalties, I guess, in Pete DeBoer's eyes are penalty killing is some mythical skill. Right. I don't really get it. So like <laughs> he, he, he does things that Pete really gets a boner for and then stays in the lineup. And if that's going to be your one guy that you just insist on having in the lineup, fine. You can have that one guy, but then don't turn around and scratch a guy who is clearly better than numerous people you just mentioned right. and say he's not competing or whatever because i just watched four games in a row where Malcolm carlson took stupid penalties and was ineffective in turning over the puck well and and, and we've not talked- to single at Malcolm carlson great guy but you're the worst player on the team and that's just the way it is everybody's gonna have the <laughs> right. 13th forward right well we've we've talked about carlson before too where you know, he's one of those guys who can kind of fill in wherever you need him to, but those kinds of players are also better suited to sitting in the press box for a couple games here and there because you can't rely on them consistently. And <laughs> I mean, that's why he's a fourth liner the majority of the time. And uh, yeah, if you're looking for someone to take out of the lineup, you, you shouldn't be looking beyond your worst players really i mean like that's uh... nobody on the third line should ever be coming out of the lineup no no 
Rotate the- these guys to the fourth <laughs> line. If you want to rotate Sharchi and Gambrell and Goodrow uh, and even Sorensen and Melker and have this weird six-headed monster, fine. I don't care what you do with the fourth line. Find something that works. But there's no reason that Donskoy and Suomela should be split up for reasons unbeknownst to me. Yeah. Um, by the way, getting back to uh, the point about Evander Kane, he hasn't scored a goal since uh, Philly. Since in first, Philly. First in Philly. Philly. Yes, not last last game Philly, but... Uh, hey, and I mean, you're not going to bench your $7 million no, left but... winger, right winger. But there's there's guys that are clearly need to get up on the horse a little bit more. Uh, and he's one of them. Yeah. Uh, very clearly one of them. Kevin LeBanc was another guy who had kind of tapered off and then scored to get his mojo going. Which is, and that's the thing that's also frustrating is because I think you touched on this too, is that LeBanc was playing kind of not so hot and then uh, DeBoer referenced the analytics and said he's got to do better things he puts them on the couture line he scores that's what you do with guys in slumps you get them out of the slumps you don't just put them in the press box and be like yo have some tacos go have an Ike sandwich (laughs) nobody like a tasty Patrick Marlowe is not gonna satisfy (laughs) anti-suomela on the ice like let him work through it work with them to find a different winger for Don's going him I, I just it's so confusing because this team is so good and it just seems that DeBoer is is fumbling. Right. Like Absolutely. have you ever seen the gif of Kevin from the office where he's coming in with the chili? <laughs> oh Jesus. And he's getting in there, he's talking about it, and then like the chili sounds amazing, which it is, and then he drops it on the floor and is like rolling around in it. That's what he's doing right now. You have all these good players and you're just making these weird decisions that are hindering your ability to do stuff. So that's that's kind of getting to the the meat of it, I think, with with the roster that he has. Uh, I don't know. Well, I do know. I do know, and I I don't want to really call out specific reasons why right here, right now. But so we'll just say that I don't I don't really get why people are so hesitant to to get to this point, which is that when you've got a roster that is this good on paper. And it's not producing results. And especially when so much of this roster hasn't really changed from last year and the additions to the team make it better. That comes down to coaching. Like that's, that's just how it works. Like if you're looking at Los Angeles, their problem was very clearly not with coaching because no, the roster, the roster's bad, but here this roster is one of the best in the league. I mean, it's, in every projection, it's been uh, the addition of Eric Carlson has made them a, a lock in to be competitive for the cup this year. And that was without taking into Suomela being good. Right. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, he was still a big question mark and that, you know, turned out very, very well for the Sharks. So mm-hmm. <laughs> when you've got a team that's that good on paper and they're not producing, it's not because Joe Thornton's not in the lineup. They've, they've had to work without Joe Th- Thornton before. It's not because... Eric Carlson is somehow bad. Uh, Like it's not because the team is going out to Drake concerts. Like it's because Pete DeBoer doesn't know what to do with a lineup that includes the most talented player that's ever played for San Jose. Uh, Second second most. Okay. Well, (laughs) that's a discussion for another day, but uh, uh, like you just, like that's what it comes down to you know that's that's when you can say that 
yeah, coaching's very clearly the issue because there's no reason this team should be as bad as they are. <laughs> and yes, they've also been unlucky. And I'm going to say, I've, I've said that all season so far that they are extremely unlucky. And, uh, it's just, it sucks. When you're, un- when you're unlucky, you don't shit your pants. Yeah. You, and you, you just, you, you kind of, you tweak, you don't, you don't overhaul, you tweak. And after, after eight, eight games, you had one bad game. That's not indicative of overhauling things to the point that you're pulling out Sumo of the lineup. You should make small tweaks, put in, take out Rourke, put in Garambrell. Fine. Maybe yeah. bench this guy. Maybe uh, get Tim Heat in there instead of, I don't know, Joachim Ryan. I, I, he doesn't seem to like Joachim Ryan. So <laughs> m- maybe filter in one of these guys oh, or something like that. Oh, he does this year. He likes Joachim Ryan. Yeah, he know. keeps getting benched in but, the third. <laughs> that's true. At some point, Wilson put together this roster. At some point, you have to say, this is a good roster. What is happening? And that comes down to coaching, like you said. Oh, absolutely. At, so, at some point, that question has to be asked. And, is uh, it right now? Maybe not. <laughs> And all the the frustrations that everyone has had for, you know, the last two years or whatever with Spot, like, that also is on Pete DeBoer. Like, he's the one who who has these systems set up and, and has the final call in all of it. And so, like, you have to wonder how much, even going back, it's been just the talent on this team covering up Pete DeBoer's bad coaching decisions. <laughs> and Yeah. And, I mean, he could be a perfectly mediocre coach like a perfectly average coach which is fine but it he doesn't come off that no, way when he's and, doing this and i said this on twitter too but he he does this and i i don't have the pattern like written out in front of me or anything but it seems like he does this in front of competition that is a little weaker he deems unworthy yeah we t- we talk about quality of competition quite a bit with the sharks lately because you know they've had pretty easy quality of competition to start the season really their biggest games have been against carolina which is also kind of unexpected that they're as good as they are yeah. this year and then nashville nashville um so and then john gibson's <laughs> gold saved above <laughs> average <laughs> yeah. and then but... against the excel spreadsheet that has john gibson's on it uh yeah so um so in terms of quality of competition it's been pretty pretty light for them so far and they're still really bad against like i'm bad and unlucky but i mean good analytically bad on on ice it seems and he makes the those decisions like in front of a team like philly who lost or no they won against the los angeles kings who are awful awful uh and they won against anaheim because they played against ryan miller so awful (laughs) yeah so uh they'd won their last two games but before that they'd lost a lot i don't i don't have their schedule in front of me either but they they've had a very very bad season so far so to make that coaching decision ahead of philly where he's like yeah we're probably gonna win no matter what we do uh, <laughs> then he gets away with it. That's how bad coaches get to to get away with these things is that you make your your big blow up terrible decisions in front of a team that you're probably going to win against no matter what. There is no reason in this entire world that they should have given up a point to Philly. And they did, but they still got to win. So Pete DeBoer feels a little safer going to bed that night because, well, yeah, exactly. they got to win. And and I'm not going to say he's a bad coach right now. He might be. I mean, I, I'm not a fan. I haven't been a fan. But 
he's trending downwards, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, well, someone, one of the computer boys, I don't know who, I'm sorry that I just continue to call you guys computer boys if you're listening, but uh, someone... Uh, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm friends with some of them. Someone had done something where it's like uh, looking at when teams hire new coaches and a team is within its best cup chances within three years of hiring a new coach. So we're we're about at that. Year five? With, huh? We're at year five now. Are we? It's been yep. five years with DeBoer. They went, they oh. went to the 15, 16, 16, 17, 17, 18. This is 18, 19. So year four. Sorry. Oh, so four. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so actually we're past that. I The 16-17 season just is a in my mind. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, we're at year four at this point, which I, I believe that's when he got fired from New Jersey, wasn't it? Was it year four? Uh, three. I think he's only made it to three with Florida and New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. So I think part of what is... Uh, curtailed um him getting any major criticism is that wilson has built a roster around the coach which you shouldn't really do but he he has done it in terms of getting rid of players that DePore would favor like michael haley <laughs> yeah and, and wilson's done this before <laughs> and, and that's good because it's forced DeBoer to play good players but then he still gets weird about players like Malcolm carlson and so like you can't keep doing that because like you're stuck with some of those guys and i mean even just with cap restraints you're gonna have guys like that on your team and you just have to figure out where and how to utilize them and and when to scratch them and whatever and uh DeBoer's just not getting it. Uh, that's a really good point that you're going to have Melker Carlson on your team, which is perfectly fine. He's okay to be on the team. It's great. But not when you have a better option, then he should be bumped back. It's when he's being played ahead of the other options he have. So if you're if you're looking at like Ottawa, yeah, sure, he can play on the third line in Ottawa. Great. They don't have anybody else. But when you're a team with riches, you shouldn't yeah. be playing like if you're if you're a team with 10 Lamborghinis, you're not going to take out your Ford Focus and be like, gonna put this one in the lineup today. It just doesn't make sense. Exactly, exactly. It's 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 so frustrating. It's frustrating because the talent is there, and and San Jose fans have been so tortured for twenty seven (laughs) years that it's just you. We as fans can see the light at the end of the tunnel, where it's like this is all gonna come crashing down. We never get nice things. Eric Carlson's gonna leave. Thornton's gonna retire. We're stuck with a bunch of good but not elite players. And then where are we? So I think exactly. that's what everybody's kind of panicked about as well, too. So it's it's rightfully scary. But at the same time, it's still only game 14. It's not even American Thanksgiving yet. So it's, it's it'll work itself out. San Jose's not going to score two goals every game. They're going to have – they're going to rip off a stretch where they go 10-2-1. And, and everybody's going to be like, wow, what happened to the Sharks? They're amazing now. And it, they're going to be the same team. Yeah, it's – yeah, it's just frustrating. Like I was talking about it with someone else and I was like, it's it's just crazy how quickly this year I've gone from this is going to be the best most fun year of watching the Sharks ever to it's a kind of exhausting to watch this team because I just know that that there's just these insane coaching decisions being made and it's it's really really frustrating. It shouldn't be this difficult to watch them. With how good they are. Like, that's, it's just, it's No, just put out the good lines and be like, go play hockey. It'd be amazing. Like, the first eight games of the season. Yeah. 
Ugh, whatever. And Joe, right. Joe Thornton's not a third line center. Everybody can just oh, pump, yeah. pump the brakes. What is like? I don't. He's even, I don't, so he's he's thirty nine years old or thirty eight, whatever he is. He had major knee surgery, then came back. Everybody, I guess, forgets that he eased himself back into the lineup and and uh, kind of started off slow, which makes sense for a thirty eight year old coming off knee surgery, and then was on literal fire. He was on like a sixty five point pace when he got hurt. Then he got hurt again. Now he's had two knee surgeries. He's a year older, so now I think he's 39. And he's played two games, I think, and then had to go off for an infection. Uh, and he's back. He's not going to be Joe Thornton three seconds after he takes the ice, guys. Right. Well, he, he's, he's going to need time to adjust. It's going to be two or three weeks of him getting gassed in the second. Like he said, he hit a wall in the second, then felt better and, and things like that. He's going to need this time to get back into shape and he's going to need to reintegrate. This team has played a long time without Joe Thornton in the lineup. They've played almost the whole season, uh, 40, 50, including playoffs. They've probably played almost 70 games without him in the lineup. So they have to reintegrate him like a new player kind of. And he's old. He's going to take time, but he's going right. to be fine because he's Joe Thornton. He's going to he's gonna fit in and he's not going to play on the third line. I just don't know what to tell you. Yeah, uh, the thing about pushing Joe Thornton down to the third line, too, is that, first of all, even if he's take, his body is taking a while to adjust, there there is no one with a hockey sense like Joe Thornton. And to limit that, that kind of just elite, like, vision to your third line is, it, it feels kind of stupid. <laughs> and then the other thing, too, is that the Sharks don't really have a good option at, at center then for their top line. I mean, they have Pavelski, who has been fine, but also the top line has kind of struggled a little bit, and they've rotated players in and out of there. It's a lot easier to rotate out one winger than two. And, and putting Thornton then at 3C means you're bumping someone who's been playing center to... Uh, to wing and or you know just disrupting like the entire bottom six and you know when you look at the middle six has been really really good and solid so slotting him back into the top line it's the only thing that makes sense I feel like if you're you're looking in terms of line mates and and how it affects the entire structure of the lineup it, it it's just stupid to put him on the third line and mess up all of that yeah and and to say he looks washed is just dumb he's coming off two two knee surgeries and he's 39 give him three weeks and who cares if joe thornton maybe not is that slow. long <laughs> that's well, a long time i don't know but who, I, but ca- I agree. who cares he if he's slow time. in november if he's fine in april great right yeah i mean he's gotta he's just gotta adjust to it i mean anyone coming off an injury is not gonna look great and he's good yeah right yeah well and the thing about infections too it's not just an injury you know because you can when you've got an injury you can still do some sort of like rehab and some sort of exercise and whatever when you've got an infection like your whole body feels just awful and yeah it's like it's like having the flu if you think about it if you right. want to dumb it down it's like having the flu where your body's sore and you're like i feel like dying yeah. today on the couch yeah, and if you have a pick line, I mean, you literally cannot do anything. No. So, so give him time to catch up, guys. Yeah, like, and I'd just... rather have Thornton spry and flying around in March and April, May, June than in November. Right. Absolutely. All right, let's uh, move on. Well, I guess, do you have any other... 
my only other shark slot is that goddamn the barracuda are so good right now <laughs> the barracuda uh, are really good yeah <laughs> that's like the most unexpected thing like we all expected that the sharks would be good because holy crap the talent on the sharks but then the prospect uh pipeline has been pretty well dried up it feels like <laughs> nope <laughs> just kidding <laughs> They are very good. And they don't even have some of their top prospects because Merkley's in the OHL and he's kicking ass. As is Shim- Sasha. Yeah, uh, Shimolevsky and Chekovic are all are both gone too. Yeah. So awesome. They're like uh Francis Perron apparently was good. Uh yeah. <laughs> and Ottawa just bungled that one. It was yep. like, oh, okay, you can have it. Wilson's like, hell yeah, baby. Well, I think Piranha is one that a lot of analytics guys were like, he'll he'll be good if he can be on a good team. And whoop, there we go. <laughs> and Frankie is now good. Yeah, he's he's adjusting to San Jose quite well. Yes, and I think the Barracuda 2 are kind of a, a sum of their parts kind of deal because when you look at them, nobody stands out as amazing. Yeah, um, yeah, It's like absolutely. nobody, like, like Sandberg or True or Weederer or who's on defense there, Roy. or Well, Roy's good, but uh, Fitzgerald. Kavanaugh yeah. or whatever his name is, uh, Kevin Fitzgerald. None of these guys are like top, top Timo Meyer prospects, right. but they're all clicking at the point where it's amazing. Bebo was named goalie of the month or whatever. These guys, these guys are just putting it together and it, it would be kind of cool to see the Sharks win a Calder trophy or the oh, Barracuda, definitely. I should say. Well, I, I think too, they're one of the youngest AHL teams, if not the youngest. I remember. I think they are the that. youngest. Yeah. And youth really does a lot in that league, I feel like, because. The AHL also kind of tends to be where people stash their their bruisers, so that they bruisers for as long as they can. You know, I mean, if you can call them up for a, a you know on an emergency basis or whatever you can do to to, to only have them for a couple games, um, people will do that. And and I know this because you know that that carries all the way down um, to the ECHL that you know those those kind of players get bumped down to the lower leagues first thing so i think age kind of it's it's a big factor yeah and this is with john mccarthy on the team who is like 34 yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> he just played his like 600th game or something like ridiculous and most of them have been with san jose so good on him yeah he's sticking with it i mean i don't think he'll ever play in the nhl again but he might get, like, the weird, like, the year he's retiring, he might get the weird, like, one-game call-up thing. Yeah. Uh, where they might call him up stuff. But, uh, yeah, that, te- that team's fun and fun and good. Fun and good is fun and good. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, my, speaking of fun and good, my last Sharks thought is Timo Meyer. God fucking damn it. <laughs> he is uh, leading the league in points right now. Goals. Correct? Oh, in goals? Yes. Yeah, that makes more sense. He's got 11. <laughs> he's got 11. <laughs> yeah, that's nuts. He's a... Uh, he can't shoot accurately, but... He shoots a lot and he gets them in. <laughs> That's all that matters. Yeah, I don't care how you're doing it, man. If you if you're putting them in, go nuts. And he is the leap uh, in NBA and basketball. They always talk about a guy taking the leap where he goes from from good to like great or elite. Yeah, he took the he's taken the jump. He he is elite. He is going to be if he if he keeps this up and if he's this good of a goal scorer and he pots forty five goals. Oh my god. What a, what yeah. a find. Uh, so Timo Meyer has 46 shots on goal. Who do you think has the most shots on goal in uh, on the Sharks? Brent Burns. No. Really? Burns is tied. No. Burns is fifth. Is this, is this shots that hit the net? 
This is like shots actual on shots. Gold. Yeah, this isn't attempted shots. It's shots yeah, this on is shots gold. on goal. Okay, attempted shots is definitely burns. Shots on goal. Is it Meyer with forty six? No, he's second. Who would have the most shot? It's not Eric Carlson, is it? No, it's Vander Kane with sixty. What? And he's only his, got four goals. His shooting percentage is six point seven. Oh man! See, this is what we were talking about when people are unlucky and stuff like that. You got to think that. A guy is going to score, get a couple goals, like Evander Kane is going to get two or three goals just from shooting a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Rather than just have four. Yeah. If we're we're looking at shooting percentage because, I mean, that's that's one of those things that you can kind of see where people are going to middle out and stuff. I think right now, probably Evander Kane is very clearly underperforming with 67 shooting percentage that is insanely low for a player who takes as many shots as he does but then you look at like Jonas Donskoy shooting at a 12 percent so he's pretty well on the pace he'll he'll be this season yeah um Logan Couture is shooting at a 15.8 so also uh, Logan Couture elite hockey player oh god he's so good he's so good he's legitimately an elite hockey player yeah oh absolutely he's tied for the most points with Brent Burns and Timo Meyer right now on the Sharks. So, uh, but Timo, God, as much as I love him and his eleven goals, he's shooting at a twenty three point nine right now. So he is going to come down from that probably. Sh- shoot more. <laughs> probably going to come down from that. Probably, but if like, he maybe has he... like a crazy like William Carlson season, cool. <laughs> I'm yeah. fine with that. But he 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 might be taking the leap into uh, an elite goal scorer where he settles in at like 17%, 16%, somewhere yeah. in there. So he's still going to get a bunch of goals. And who knows, like at 23% is ridiculously high. Yeah. But at the same time, the other guys aren't going to be shooting 5% either. So um, right. like Suomel is not going to have one goal for long. Yeah. He's just too, well, he might if he's in the press you know, box. He's but... shooting at a 3.7% because he's only got one goal. <laughs> yeah, see, like, that's ridiculous. They, yeah. If anybody who's watched Suomelo play, you, you, like, he should have more goals. He is very good. Right. You know who's shooting at 0%? Uh, Eric Carlson? Melker Carlson. <laughs> oh, both Carlsons. Uh, do we want to do a sense check? Oh, today's sense check is so good. <laughs> you didn't do the sound. Oh, wait, do it again, do it again, do it again. <laughs> Are we? Do we have to set it up again, or can we just? Uh, <laughs> ah, we'll just, just move on. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just sad. I like your pew 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 pew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll do it again next week. One day we'll have a budget. And we'll get somebody to make us a real one. But, um, yeah, today's sense check. Do you have Do you have the best senator stat? Oh, I will pull it up. It's like right here. So, so give me two somebody seconds. Po- yeah, somebody uh, pointed this out today on Twitter, and it's it's kind of a, an encapsulation <laughs> of the senator season. So if anybody's been following all, all year with us, uh, we're doing Sense Check in honor of Sense fans who probably don't listen to this, but whatever. It's fun. They were it's really for, hot to start the season. It's not even for Sense fans necessarily. It's for Senators fans who ditch the Senators for the Sharks because uh, Eric Carlson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we'll check this, in. The Senators were really good at the beginning of the season. They were like, wow, like they came out of the gate. Um, they crashed into the gate now and are possibly like lying in the mud in a ditch. Yeah. So they're real bad. Yeah. So for those of you who, you know, have any faith, I guess, or any uh, belief in plus minus having any meaning at all, uh, Tom Payette right now is a negative seven, which it is. Uh, <laughs> he's got. 
three other players right there with him. So, uh, yikes. But the, the more fun stat along those same lines is that uh, Tom Payette has yet to be on ice for a single goal this year. <laughs> uh, in 13, 13 games, he's averaging almost 14 minutes um, of ice time. And he has not been on the ice for a single goal. So he has no goals, no assists, and Tom, has not Tom, even... Tom Payette is playing almost 14 minutes a game, which is nothing to sneeze at, and <laughs> has not been on the ice for a single goal for. How is that even possible? I, I, I got nothing. That's... Like, eventually, you're just going to hop over the boards, right? And be like, oh, shit, we scored. Yeah. <laughs> like, I... How? <laughs> I don't understand. And then maybe it's just because, like, we're so used to the Sharks. Well, I mean, it's not that this is normal for any any player at all, but uh, the Sharks spread their scoring out pretty well among among their their uh, yeah forward lines and everything. So, so uh, I, I you know it's it's pretty uncommon I think for the Sharks to to have have anyone be in this situation where they have not been on the ice for a goal uh that but is how do you have no goals it's so yeah. weird and he okay so like if you're you're looking at you know the points or you know whatever for for the senators you know players stats the players who have not scored anything which they're still a lot um, it's pretty much everyone that I have said for the last, like, two weeks, minus, like, Max McCormick and Alex Formenton and I think Christian Al- Alex Formenton got sent back to junior. Oh. He got a goal, though. Yeah, and then he, he got found- sent back to junior the next <laughs> That's day. That's sad. Um, <laughs> yeah, he tweeted, oh my god, he Instagrammed a, a, a picture of him, or it was a video, of him taking a picture out the plane window with a little plane taking off. It was so Aww. sad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, of those those players who have no no goals, no assists, Payat and Pajarvi are the only ones who have played thirteen games. Magnus Pajarvi has played thirteen games. Yeah. Oh man. Oh. Uh, everyone else has played one game, one game, two games, three games, five games. Uh, Borowicki's played nine, but still, like everyone who is been less or you know just as ineffective i guess it's been a small sample size and payette has been very bad 14 minutes a game for 13 games strong also r.i.p to the senators oh that's real bad uh the other thing about sense check is that um all right rest rest r.i.p in peace (laughs) yes is that uh for everyone who who like is still on this Chris Tierney thing, he's not tied for first uh, in points anymore. He I don't think he's he's gotten what one point probably since last week. I think yeah, um, one or two. Yeah, so he is now uh, third or no, sorry, fourth. I lied. He's fourth and he's pretty well stagnant right now yeah that, that that point per game pace is not gonna yeah keep, well keep and much longer he hasn't scored a goal in a while he still only has two goals in 13 games so the like <laughs> i don't know how to to say he's more average than that 
he he has two goals. Yep. <laughs> yep, and he's playing heavy minutes and on power play one. So that that dream is over, everybody. Just yeah, give it up. Just give it a rest. It's 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 done. It's over. It's about as over as the Buffalo Senators game. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, that's the other thing too. So, so, so that was so. Uh, I was sitting, I was sitting at home or whatever, and I get a text saying "LOL Senators," and I was like, "Oh, that's weird." And then another buddy in my group chat said "Buffalone," and I was like, "I'm really confused as to what is happening here." And I looked, and it was seven-one with ten minutes left in the second period for Buffalo. I have a group chat with Manny from Corsica, and he he was talking during it in the group chat it was like oh like, we just kept saying i'm sorry <laughs> like because oh <laughs> it was bad the game it, finished 9-2 and it could have been more <laughs> yeah oh absolutely and the funny thing about it too is that like the net or two days before ottawa beat buffalo <laughs> and then buffalo came in and was like nah no, we're not doing this. <laughs> just, imagine just imagine them. being like, man, I want to watch some hockey today and turning on Buffalo, Ottawa. Ooh, ooh, is, that the, is that the worst matchup you can think of right now? Uh, Buffalo, Detroit. I went to that game last year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's like, depressing. Or like Florida, Detroit. Uh, or Buffalo, K- K- Kings, Kings, Buffalo. <laughs> Oh, uh, there's some bad, bad teams, and they're not even like, like, like. There's some bad, fun teams like Vancouver. Don't tell me that they're first in the Pacific. I got it. I am aware of the, how many points they have, but they're also like last in every possible stat you can think of. Yeah. Um, they're fun. They have Elias Patterson who had five points in one game. That's amazing. He's got the Calder Trophy locked up. They also have Besser and Horvat, and uh, they have Jake Vertanen who seemed to come to life for three seconds. Um, they're fun. If- None of those other teams are fun. <laughs> Okay, if there was one game, only one, that if someone, like, said, I have a free ticket to this hockey game, would you, you want to go with me or whatever, what would be the two teams that would make you go, mm, I don't think so. <laughs> like, I, I don't want to spend my time on that. Because that would take a lot for me. Because I, I, you know, free hockey, I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever, I'm there. But K- what, uh, it would what be two teams would K- make Kings, you go, mm. K- Kings Detroit. Yeah. Because I don't care about... So, like, Florida, I like Huberdeau and Barkov, and I like some of their guys. Uh, and Ottawa, I love Thomas Shabbat, and Buffalo is whatever. It would probably be... I don't care. Any, the Kings are boring as hell, and they're terrible. <laughs> and Detroit, I don't really care about anybody on Detroit that much. Like, I, I Dylan Larkin doesn't get the yeah. needle going for me, so it's just like... Yeah. I, I, I think it would probably be Kings Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> See, I like some of the Kings, and I, you know, Detroit. It's whatever. I'm I'm from Michigan, so like I'll I'll go see Detroit. I think I have this weird like bone deep hatred of Buffalo uh, that has just always been there. <laughs> I think Buffalo Calgary for me. Like even though like, <laughs> like Johnny Hockey is good. Like I just. Like, I also have a very deep, weird hatred of the Flames. That doesn't make sense. But, like, I I hate watching Calgary games. I hate that, it. That's funny because I, I'm I a... I'm notoriously... I'm a one-team guy. I only cheer for San Jose. I only like San Jose. I wish the standings were one San Jose T last everybody else. I don't I don't yeah. care about any other real teams. But in the Pacific Division, Kings and Anaheim, 
are bottom. I wish they didn't exist, basically. <laughs> Vegas is joining them very quickly. Arizona oh, is meh. I, they're just annoying because everybody gasses them up every year. Vancouver is Vancouver. I like the city, so eh, not that great. Edmonton, I can't stand. The Flames, pretty ambivalent on the Flames. I'm pretty okay Ugh. with the Flames. Ugh. <laughs> I just kind of, I just kind of, I just kind of, they're like, okay, maybe it has something to do with because they won their only Stanley Cup in 1989, the year I was born. Mm. So maybe that's it. I don't know. The, flame, the flames are all right. They're all right in my books. Mm-mm, not about it. All right. Do we have questions? Yes. I, I, I would like to ask you one question that we received. Um, <sighs> Kyle, I'm not going to talk I, about why you're hot. It's not happening. No, no, not that one. <laughs> oh, we we got a question literally while we're reporting. Okay, any news on good boy Thomas Hurdle? I'll answer that one. No. What's nope. his absence leave the top six looking like? Ideally, it... Okay, it's two parts. <laughs> okay, so what's his absence leave the top six looking like? So, Hurdle comes out. I'm assuming that means that we're going to get, like, Kane, JoJo, LeBanc, Couture... Timo. Timo. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, because they'll put they'll put Kane on the top line and then yeah. put there. I was thinking Donskoy would move up. Donskoy might move up too. Um, if, they if they don't keep... do that, they might switch. They might do Timo Jojo on the top. Yeah, and then Kane, try Kane on Couture's line, which I've said from the trade that Kane and Couture would make a good line, and I, I don't, I'm not sure why they haven't tried that. How's although... how's this one for you? Timo Thornton Pavelski, Kane Couture Donskoy. Uh, I didn't. I don't like. Couture and Donskoy too much together. I don't like. I don't know if it was maybe just last year that that didn't work well for me, but um, I mean it wouldn't be awful. It wouldn't be the worst thing. But there, there, there's a follow up. He what? says, "What's his absence leave the top six looking like?" Ideally, then he says, uh, "In Pete DeBoer's world, <laughs> uh, I'm assuming Melker Carlson has just bought himself a ticket to line number two. <laughs> <laughs> Or, uh, you or mean he, line number go, one? <laughs> yeah, it'll be it'll be Melker, Joe, Joe, and then LeBanc, Couture, Meyer. God, oh. something like that, or Kane, one of those guys. But I'm assuming yeah. Melker's getting vaulted up, which is dumb. Um, and then uh, it, it's also this is from at Andy Lounsbury, Loonsbury. Wait, you said it correctly last time. Say it yeah, again. Yeah, Lounsbury. Lounsbury. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, are either of us willing to beat PDB over the head with a pool noodle shouting shame whenever he makes baffling lineup choices? I mean, yeah. Yeah. If I could. Like, what is that? There's a... Micah Blake McCurdy tweeted once um, about, like, he would let a team pay him to just stand there and say no, <laughs> like, several times a year and it would be yeah. worth it. Yeah. <laughs> like... That should be me just standing next to Pete DeBoer saying no. It would be, or like that, that meme with Jonah Hill at the Oscars where he's like shakes his head oh, and the, does like the no throat thing. Uh, that's just uh, you, us in the corner. Hey, what do you guys think about this? And, eh. um, we had uh, another question from uh, at Brownageddon. Uh, which is possibly Who's killing it, by joke. the way. <laughs> Our number one fan, Brownageddon. <laughs> I think it's a poop joke, but I'm not sure. <laughs> also, Brownageddon's uh, name is Brown uh, right there. So, uh, way to stay on brand. Anyway, uh, this, this, this human being, or possibly Russian bot, says, Should I be concerned that whenever I read what time is it, when Meyer scores, instead of thinking Timo time, I think summertime Summertime. to the tune of the high school musical song. (laughs) I'll let you handle this one. I love it. 
It's so good. <laughs> um, so fun fact, my high school was one of the first ones to get the rights to High School Musical when it was released as a stage version. So I was in it. <laughs> um, that's from High School Musical 2, though. So uh, I, I, I don't know that one as well. That Those songs don't immediately come to mind for me. But um, yeah. That's that's hilarious. No, no, that's all I'm gonna think. I mean, um, for me, it's always what time is it? Adventure time. That's what I think. So, like, I don't know. Or whenever, I, whenever I hear what time is it, I always think game time. Woo. What is that from? <laughs> it's just a joke that me and my friends have. <laughs> Jesus. I'm like, is this this a reference? I don't know. No, nope, it's right. just, it's just a joke. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, High School Musical, good in our books, I guess. Yeah. Uh, there was a third question from at uh, jken0608, and then their name is in Cyrillic, so I'm assuming this is actually a Russian bot. <laughs> they said, how are we going to re-sign people like Meyer, LeBank, Carlson, and Pavs with our current salary cap? Who do you think we need to sacrifice to keep Carlson in San Jose? Pavelski. Yeah. Sorry, I hate to say that, because like, I really like Joe Pavelski, and, and he is just like... Like, enough words cannot be said about Joe Pavelski. Like, I I feel the need to preface this because he literally, he is one of, like, just an insanely elite talent that is so self-made, where he was not, like, he was so, what's the word I'm looking for? Underrated? And and not even necessarily underrated because he was rated based on, on what he was showing at the time. He became this elite player through, like, sheer force of will. <laughs> and that is incredible. And, and it, like, his impact on the team is, is just so insane. And it, he's so talented. But, yeah, the Sharks can't afford him <laughs> not, not, <laughs> not a cap hit that he's, that... When we don't, that he we don't deserves, what he honestly, wants. that he deserves because he's going to get a better offer somewhere else. Like, he's... And he'll he'll have earned that. <clears> Minnesota. <laughs> probably, honestly. And, and he'll also probably get term somewhere else. I mean, that was the whole thing with Marlo, is that Marlo wanted term. And I don't know that the Sharks are... It seems like they're trending toward not giving older players that necessarily. I mean, like, granted, it's not like Brent Burns is exactly a spring chicken. But, like, you know... <sighs> He's not going to get an eight-year deal at 33 or 34 years old. Right. You know, and I, I think Minnesota would give him five. I mean, you know, like. Yeah. And I just, yeah, I, th- I think this is one of those decisions that's going to be a tough decision. And a lot of fans are going to be angry because like, oh, Joe Pavelski is the captain. But you don't want to be the Kings and you have to know when to. Like exactly. with Patrick Marlowe, like you said, you have to know when to let the guy walk and. It's probably the end of the road, unless you never know. He might take a discount, take three right. million dollars, and that's the thing. If if Pavelski wants to stick around, the organization will absolutely find yeah, a way to course. do that. But there, he's going to have to do it with, you know, in mind that he's not part of the future of this team. <laughs> and exactly, and you know, that's something that every player I think has to confront at some point that you are not part of the future plans. And so, if you want to be here. You have to be here in a way that's going to work for us right now. Yeah, and that, that doesn't apply to certain people like Joe Thornton because he's Joe freaking Thornton. And even he's t- taking discounts now. But Well, and he's only uh, on one-year deals. That's the thing yeah. is that he's not gotten term when he's still 
realistically, you know, if he hadn't had the knee injuries or whatever, you know, he could have had those three years uh, that Marlo got and played those with the Sharks. Uh, you know, right now, I think next year is kind of questionable. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Sharks are like, we're going to do this on a one-year basis from here on out. I mean, really, that's... You Which get is to, You get to a point with your age and your career. I mean, that's... Yager was on one-year deals every single year. And that's just... That's the point you get to. Because at that age, if something happens, you know, you have a, a harder time coming back from it and whatever. So, like, even... Even though he he would play those three years, you still have to do it on on terms that that make sense for the team and the team's future. And this time next year, I can guarantee you that day one that he's allowed to, there will be an eight year extension for Timo Meyer being announced for nine million dollars. <laughs> you think nine really? No, but no, <laughs> you, you may eight by eight by seven. Think about it. He's if he's like David Pasternak got six point six six. Yeah. So if he uses that as like a model and whatever William Nylander gets, he's probably gonna get seven, maybe an eight by eight. I don't know. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna be extended. I don't think they're gonna bridge him. Uh right. Carlson is gonna be in for eight years as well. Uh Kevin LeBanc, uh yep, you're gonna have to take a bridge. Uh sorry about that. Sorry about your luck, buddy. Uh <laughs> but it's not like it, it, it seems like it's the same thing that happened to the Leafs this summer. When they signed Tavares to $11 million, everybody's like, oh, they're going to have to lose one of Matthews, Riley, Marner, Nylander, whoever, to make room. But these guys, they have people on staff who literally have just a Google Doc with a giant super advanced calculator attached to it yeah. where they're working out all the machinations of these things. They know what they're doing. They know what they can sign. Doug Wilson's not signing Brent Burns to an 8 by 8 for fun. He right. knows he knows what his upper limit is. He knows what his downward limit is. So they know what they're doing. They they're gonna sign the guys that make the most impact first. There's a reason you haven't heard of Joe Pavelski extension at all. Right. Uh, there's very good reason for that. Doug Wilson's not stupid, and Joe Pavelski knows that as well. So yeah, it'll be it'll the the cap sheet's gonna get tight, but at the same time, there's CBA bios coming probably, and people are always willing to take your mistakes. Yeah, so look at look at the Blackhawks. So looking at who is going to be a free agent this summer, you've got Pavelski, Thornton, Donskoy, and uh, Sorensen, Carlson, and Heed, who are so UFA's. I th- I, and so then he he Heed's gone. <laughs> Heed's gonna get traded before the season's over. Yeah. So I mean that is what it is. Then Suomela, Meyer, LeBanc, and Chartier, and Suomela is only on a one year. Hmm? Suomelo's only on a one year? He'll be an RFA. Yeah. Oh, weird. Yep, those are all RFAs. Yeah, so most of those guys are going to get small deals. Like, Suomelo, I wouldn't be surprised to see him at, like, one and a half. LeBanc might be at, like, two and a half. Uh, or, like, whatever the Chris Tierney Suomelo deal Suomelo might be more, depending on how the season goes, because Donskoy's at 1.9. I would imagine Suomelo gets something fairly similar. Yeah, so a lot of those guys are going to be... Smaller deals. Donskoy, I can realistically see a team offering him like $4.2 million and see you later, Donskoy. Yeah. I see him getting like 3.5. Yeah. There's, you got to remember too that other teams can, with the UFAs, they can come in and play a factor, right? So, um, some of these guys aren't going to be on the team. I think, uh, I think guys that, there's just not, not, not all these guys are going to be on the team. I would like them all to be on the team and they could probably make it work. But, um, Pavelski, LeBanc, and Donskway, I think are the big three that you could see 
leave. Yeah. Not including Thornton because that's a whole nother ball of yarn. What kind of a saying is ball of yarn? I'm an idiot. <laughs> I know. I see. I can see LeBanc taking a bridge deal though. So like I yeah. I don't, I don't know necessarily that he would be, but I I think. I just the, think LeBanc might get traded. Oh. To make to make it easier. Yeah, there's that. Um, but yeah, I, all those RFA guys that I can see on small bridge deals and stuff like that. But I could also see LeBanc being the odd man out uh, mm-hmm. to make room for stuff. Yeah, their projected cap space right now is one million dollars. That's not really good. yeah. According to Cap Friendly, their projected cap space currently. Wait, wait next year? No, right now. Oh, right now. Yeah, that that's right slightly that goes up every game. It's kind of cool. It's kind of neat. So if you go up to the next game, you'll see that it goes up because they get paid on a game well, basis. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. why at the deadline you can add a guy who makes seven million dollars because you only pay him for the last like right, fifteen right, games. Right, right. But yeah, projected cap space one million dollars. Yeah, right now their deadline cap space is five million. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Cool. Go out and get a winner. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, I, I think Pavelski is going to be the guy to lose. And, I mean, there haven't been any contract talks at all. So For a reason. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's get into next week. Sharks have, oops, three games coming up? Yep. All right. So, home against Minnesota. That closes out this homestand although they've got another one coming up real quick and then they've got back-to-backs uh against dallas on thursday and then uh, against st louis on friday it's not a great schedule i mean no but none of those teams are world beaters either well none of it's super far away i mean like dallas isn't super far in terms of travel and then they're all in the central time zone too right yeah but i mean that's not like that's what two hour difference yeah, so. it's two time zones away. Then St. Louis isn't that far from Dallas. So that overnight, I mean, they do that. Everyone in the league does that overnight, the back-to-back with Dallas and St. Louis. Like Yeah, and then Minnesota is the only, but they're at home, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, eh, it's not horrible. They haven't had a, have they had, they've only had one back-to-back so far, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was the Philly game where they won 8-2. <laughs> yeah. So how, how do we think they're going to do in points? I have been very bullish on them, and I said six last week. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I think they drop one of those back. To- I say four. I was gonna say I'm gonna say four too. I think uh, they beat Minnesota and then drop one of the back to backs, hopefully to St. Louis because they're terrible, and I don't like Dallas at all. So I think that they lose to St. Louis, uh, even though St. Louis is really bad. I feel like the Sharks just don't have a great track record against them, and. St. Louis can be frustrating in the same way that, like, the Islanders this year are frustrating, where they just try to beat up on everybody. Although they've they've lost a lot of their beat-up guys. <laughs> Beater-uppers. Yeah. yeah. They're, uh, they're... I'm trying to not use the word goon, <laughs> and I'm coming up blank. Knuckle-draggers. Uh, they're... They're um, feisty boys. <laughs> old, old, ti- old time players. Uh, they're they're bruisers. Um, uh, yeah. So I I don't know, but St. Louis is bad. Yeah, I think they conceivably I could see six. I think they drop one of those back to backs. I think you think that too. But yeah, uh, it's not it's not going to be the end of the world. Uh, it's yeah, it'll be for some reason this season. Everybody involved in the San Jose world is just taking a very myopic lens to every game. <laughs> yeah. It's very weird. Yeah. <laughs> There's no big well, picture stuff. All three of those teams are kind of middling right now. They're all kind of struggling. Um, 
Dallas, I think, has the highest highs and the lowest lows. <laughs> yeah, then, Dallas could literally be the worst team in the league or the best team in the yeah. league. And no in between. Minnesota's been struggling, and then St. Louis, Louis is a abhorrent tire fire. Has Mike Yo. So I mean, <laughs> how do you have a team with Vladimir Tarasenko and Jaden Schwartz and Braden Shannon be like, and Ryan O'Reilly and be like, nah, we're gonna suck. Uh, Mike Yo. That's 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 literally how. So. <laughs> I can't uh, wait till he gets fired. I have so many Mikey O puns. God, I cannot wait. I just every second that I have to look at his face is exhausting. <laughs> I hate his fucking cue ball head. I ugh, that man. There's a, there's a high percentage of uh, Baldman who coach uh, <laughs> NHL teams. Listen, I the the season I watched like all of the Wild, all of the Sharks, and all of the um, Dallas Stars games. Like, Mike Yo was coaching Minnesota at the time, and it was the season he got fired. And uh, just that man gave me, like, stress hives. <laughs> like, he's the worst. So I can't <laughs> wait until he gets fired again. Off the, off the top of my head, I can think of Carlisle, DeBoer, Yo, Boudreaux, and Trot, who are all baldies. <laughs> a lot Claude Julian might also be a bald man this league makes you lose your hair I guess all right so Arendelle where when and where and when are we gonna oh this is getting trickier because Martin Jones has been poo poo caca Mm, yeah not very good Uh, so Dell we see on one of those back-to-backs full show I'm gonna say we see him once and I think it's gonna be in Dallas I say we see him twice and it's against St. Louis and Minnesota bold all right yeah yeah speaking of bold what's your bold prediction speaking of bold he's big <laughs> when alex ald used to play in the league my buddies and i whenever he got the start for montreal I'd be like he's big he's bald he's alex ald <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um uh what's my bold prediction my bold prediction last week was that Philly was gonna we're, San Jose was gonna beat Philly by six goal margin again. That was not yeah. good. No. <laughs> um, my bold prediction is. Do you have one? Yes, and it contradicts what I just said. Okay, do it. <laughs> so I think Martin Jones gets pulled in the first period of a game. Oh, the first period. <laughs> yeah. I don't know which one. I'm not even going to try and venture a guess as to which one I think. But I think maybe Dallas. <laughs> he gets pulled in the first period of a game. Ooh. Uh, I think that... Uh, hmm. I don't know. Because I don't want to do the Eric Carlson goal thing again. Because I don't, I don't want to put the pressure on this man. Uh, <laughs> he's out there just living life. Uh, I'm going to say that uh, we see... Hmm. Joe Thornton getting in a fight is too bold. <laughs> also, I think he's too injured at this point to get in a fight, and he doesn't really hate any of these teams. Um, I think that we see a Sharks shutout this week. Oh, all right. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> that works. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want to jinx either one of them, so it doesn't matter to me. Uh, yeah. Pick your pick your guy. By my count, because Dell's playing twice, it should be him because there's two. But uh, yeah, I, I think we see a shark shutout this week, and everybody's gonna be like, "San Jose, are they back?" Uh, in those <laughs> dumb columns. Jesus, oh, there's been so many dumb sharks columns lately. I just I can't. The tyranny sized hole one is just it's <sighs> even more so because like the Eric Carlson ones are f- like great. You can pinpoint 
points where he's not that great in his first 10 games with a brand new team i i i understand where you can make that point i think it's foolish as we've covered here numerous times the tyranny sized hole is just dumb why do we have <laughs> such a boner for a guy who is not that good <laughs> yeah someone actually messaged me like out of the blue um like just dm'd me and was like do you think that like shark's twitter has been more hostile lately or whatever and i i I don't remember who sent it, and I don't even think I responded, but it, it it's not really Shark's Twitter as much as it is Shark's Media, which is just crazy, and I, I don't like calling out media in broad terms, especially because there's so little Shark's Media. You know who it is, but, like, it's so bad right now, and I don't understand because this is literally the most talented roster that we've seen in a very, very long time. Why can't we have some nice puff pieces, some nice friendly, fun pieces? Why, like... How about some Timo Meyer pieces? What about some Logan Couture pieces? Like, If you want to write about Brent Burns being an absolute animal on offense, knock yourself out. Yeah, I just don't understand, and it's just fed into this really hostile environment in terms of being a Sharks fan because, like you either agree with what DeBoer is saying and doing or you don't. And, and if you agree with him, you're agreeing with some really stupid shit. <laughs> and it's just, it's just so frustrating. It's very frustrating being a Sharks fan right now. And I know it's, I just want them to do good. I just want them to be to, happy. Yeah. Compared to like, you know, Philly or Los Angeles right now. Sure. We've got it easy. Like, Oh no, we have Eric Carlson. This is the worst thing. But like, <sighs> we have too much money. What should we do with it? <laughs> it's just, it sucks. It sucks. It shouldn't be this frustrating to be a Sharks fan right now. And it is. And I hate it. I hate that. That's the, the reality yeah. that we're in. And I think it'll change. I have supreme confidence that this team is going to bust off like 12 wins out of 14 games or something ridiculous. So uh, the time is coming. Vindicate me, Sharks. <laughs> Vind- vindicate me. <laughs> On that note, let's wrap this up. <laughs> Thank you to Molly Marikami for doing our artwork. If you haven't seen that on our Twitter, it's pretty dope. Um, you can find her website, mollymarikami.com, or you can find her on Twitter at HeyMalls. Thank you to the Honey Wilders for letting us use their song Idlewild as our intro and outro. You can find them on Spotify, iTunes, and they have a Facebook page where they've got all their shows and all that information and everything they got coming up. They are a Bay Area band, so Sharks fans, they're, they're right in your backyard. Go find them. <laughs> they're very good. At, at the old wagon. Yes. Uh, you can find this podcast pretty much everywhere now we did just switch our our host uh from soundcloud to to anchor so anchor has actually put us on pretty much every platform you can find us so uh i haven't checked to see if we got approved for spotify yet by the time this goes up we we might be but there's anywhere that we're not yet let us know. You can contact the podcast at fearthefin at gmail.com. Um, you can also find us on Twitter at BS and Teal, and you can find Kyle at Kyle Demetrius. You can find C at Now You See Me, like the magic trick, spelled S I E. Kyle, do you have anything coming up? Anything exciting? Uh, no, I don't know. I, we always ask this, but like, I was thinking about this the other day. We put out like seven hours of podcast content a month. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, sometimes it's hard to like, come up with stuff to say in words especially when there's such good work on the site already yeah. um shout out to new uh 
staff member Shang Peng. Yeah. Uh, if nobody's checked out his work, he was with. Uh, He's been around, um, I think originally he way back in the days with Jewels from the Crown, been over at Hockey Buzz, and, and most recently you would have found his work on the Vegas uh, Golden Knights last year. So during the playoff series, I think is when a lot of people got acquainted with him and, and learned his name. But now he's back in California and he's back with us actually, and he's at all the games, well, at all the home games, and he, he he's coming up with stuff for us. So check him out. Uh, of course, like there's Eric, other Eric, Ryan, Erica. Brian, all the Cuda kids. So there's lots of good stuff. So you should definitely check them out. Yeah. I have actually joined Hockey Wilderness. So I will be writing for them. For people who don't know what that was, like me. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's that's the Minnesota Wild. <laughs> that's the, the Wild's SB Nation site. I'll just be writing for them. I'm not doing anything fancy like I do here. But uh, I'll be writing a piece a week over there. So you can, you know, if you're interested in Wild content... Sure. <laughs> you can find me there. If you're not, you still put up stuff right, here. Yeah, absolutely. If you're hiring uh, hockey writers, let me know. <laughs> hire C. H- hire C. She's fabulous. Right now, I am crocheting uh, ear warmer headbands in team colors that I'll be selling. That's just a fun little side project I've got going on that I was literally doing right before we started recording today. <laughs> so... Uh, that... We 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 lead very normal not normal <laughs> lives outside of the podcast. I'm like an old person, I swear. So you know you can find information about that on my Twitter, I guess. All right, I got I got nothing else. Do you have any like last thoughts? No, I love the sharks. I just want them to do good. I want them to make my heart warm. Yeah, I want to and not be exhausted watching them. <laughs> no, I just, yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, it'll be it'll be fine. It's November. Winter is here uh, in where we live. So up yours, California. Yeah, well, it rained here today, so it's not quite winter yet. It was 32 degrees Fahrenheit here today. <laughs> and now sucked. the weather. <laughs> I'm Canadian. This is what we do. We talk about the weather. Anyway, really, really uh, I'm jealous, jealous of the California people. Yeah, I really hope Eric Carlson scores soon just so that everybody gets off yes, his back. I don't absolutely. know. I love this team. I want them to do well. Same. All right. This has been Blood, Sweat, and Teal, the Fear the Fin podcast. I'm C. I'm still Kyle. And Eric Carlson is a San Jose Shark. Fear the fin. All right. Content. <laughs> <laughs> All right.